Good evening and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I guess it's good afternoon on the West Coast, but uh, either way, I'm glad that you're here joining us. I have a very, very special guest on, trying to pull this up on my phone here. So I have a great guest on. Her name is Sherry Tree. This lady has, I mean, honestly, she's cracked the code to life. Wait till you hear her story and what she's done. I cannot wait for this. Sherry, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Hey, it's an honor. I'm trying to share it with everybody so that we can get the word out, because I think it's going to be an awesome show. I'm so excited, Ken. Thank you. That's so cool. So, so Sherry, I, um, well, you and I are new Facebook friends, um, but I've known about you for quite some time now, and we have a lot of mutual friends. It seems like you've done a lot of really, really cool stuff, and I'm excited to to hear about Oh, look at this. We've got Joe Ingram on the show already. So, hey, um, so you've done some really cool things, but let's let's start with, I started this show a couple of years ago to help people get unstuck in life, right? So, um, with the with that in mind, I'd like to kind of start just to give everybody a reference point. Like, where were you born and raised? Let's start there. I was born in, uh, in Virginia. I was born in Virginia. My dad was a military guy, so he was a fighter pilot in the Air Force. And we literally moved all over the world. I only stayed in Virginia less than a year. Uh, wow. We lived across the United States. We had some time in Europe living in southern France and uh, graduated from a high school in London. We lived in Tunisia, Africa. We lived over in Korea. Some of my favorite years were in Hawaii, junior wow. uh, junior high and high school. So just an amazing whole life experience. Got Eric Swanson on here giving you some love. Love Eric. So <clears throat> so um, you you were what they call a military brat. <laughs> yeah, I'm a military brat. I'm proud of it. I love that. That's awesome. So what part of Virginia was that? Weldon Whitehurst? Uh, we were at Langley Air Force Base out in Hampton, Virginia. Oh, okay. I think that's CIA headquarters out there. So we were right there. Very cool. Everything so, I have to teach you is secrets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what so you so you lived all over the world. Where did you end up graduating high school from? Well, my parents were stationed in Tunisia, Africa at the American embassy, but they had no American school. So they shipped me and my two twin brothers off to a boarding school in London. And I graduated from London Central High School. It was a Department of Defense school. My graduating class was 63. So I'm happy to say I graduated in the top of my class. Oh my <laughs> I graduated God. in the top 100. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was really an amazing experience, and I'm so happy it happened. Like, it was just awesome. It was hard moving away from home early at 16 years old, but it also gave me some of the best life experiences, the closest friends, and it prepared me for college and just having a, a great time. Where'd you go to college? Where'd you end up going to college then? I actually went to BYU out in Utah. So, graduated, uh, went there for five years. It took me five years to get a four year degree because I think I had a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> And I actually, I was a missionary for my church. I'm no longer Mormon, uh, active LDS, but uh, nonetheless, I went to there. It was a great school. I learned a lot. I served a mission in Romania. So I was there for 18 months on a voluntary mission, which was another cool experience. And uh, yeah, just great life. That is uh, like, you've done a lot. 
That's a lot more than I thought you had done. So my wife's on here. She says, love Utah. We, we love Utah. Utah is beautiful. It is beautiful. Great mountain country. Oh, it's beautiful. I was a whitewater rafting guide. So in college, like what? I thought I was going to start off as a business major. I knew I wanted to be a millionaire one day and I took my first business class and I got it. I got it. My first F ever. I've ever, ever gotten one F. It was in accounting. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm in class like calculus and stats and, you know, accounting. And I'm like, what the hell? I just want to be rich. So I ended up changing majors and I, I, I chose several majors along the way. But one day I came across, no kidding, like I'm flipping through the catalog, like, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. And I came across something called recreation management, youth leadership. And I started to look at the classes like I can get credits for bungee jumping and skydiving and scuba diving certification. And I became a whitewater rafting guide and wilderness survival. I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So and I this was in college? The teaching this? <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> hey, they gave me a BS degree and I figured out later what it meant. <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor of Science. Yes. Yeah, right, right, right. That's I, mean, I, I minored in business and entrepreneurship, and of course that that later came full swing, but it was it was a good time. <laughs> so so you get out of college and um, I kind of want I want to make this kind of chronological. So you get out of college, you graduate with a lot of sports stuff under your belt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you get out of college and 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 what was the first thing you got into? Oh, you're not going to want to know. Like it's so terrible. I remember like okay, so I was Oh, then so, I definitely want to know if it's terrible. Come uh, on. So military, like I almost went to the Air Force Academy. That was the other place I applied and I wanted to be one of the first female fighter pilots and you know, I was perfectly lined up. A four-star general said, we'll get you in. And I thought, you know, I had to debate between military life and civilian life and working for the military or being an entrepreneur. And I, you know, I really, it was a tough decision, but what ultimately tipped the scale for me choosing my, uh, my entrepreneur life and going the civilian route was I just thought the girl uniforms at the Air Force Academy were lame. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, these were the first signs of me being gay. I wanted the guy's uniform and not the girl's uniform, and they wouldn't let me do it. So I thought, nah, I'm going to go to BYU instead, I guess. Like I'm passing then. I'm passing. So wow. anyway, um, so so I went to the like the career center for I'm getting ready to graduate. Like, what's my job? Right. Somewhere I lost, like nobody mentored me on like preparing for what job I really wanted. I don't know. I just I just was focused on college, I guess. So. Long story short, I was given three job offers, uh, Kmart manager, Walmart manager, or Sam's Club manager. And I'm like, this is what I just went five years of college for. Oh. And, and I had to choose between two and my, or three, my starting salary was 25500 for a year. What, like, well, which one did you pick? <laughs> yeah. So I thought, all right, do I want to work at Kmart Blue Light Special? No. Do I want to work at Walmart? Uh, no. I guess I'll take Sam's Club oh and uh, less inventory. I, I became a certified forklift driver. Like, you know, oh I had a set of keys hanging on my belt. I mean, oh, my gosh. So needless to say, it was not my dream job. And uh, one one day I, I, I was working at the Arizona store, and I was driving next to a motorcycle dealership in Arizona, 
And uh, I thought, you know, I'm going to go ask them and see if they're uh, if they're taking any people, you know, like, could I work here instead? And I went, walked in and they're like, you can work here. It's all commission. I'm like, I'll take it. So I went in and quit my job as a sales club manager. And the next thing you know, I was selling motorcycles and jet skis and four wheelers and boats. And it was so much fun. And this, oh is, my a, God. this is a funny story because the first month I outsold all the guys, like all the guys that were working there some girl walks in and starts outselling them all. Oh, they, hated, like, they hated you. And then the funny thing is, the second month I sold less and then the third month I sold less. And by the fourth month I was on my knees begging Sam's club for my job back oh. because I basically, I, I thought the only way to get good at selling was I had to listen to these guys and they were talking about all the engine parts and two stroke versus four stroke and mixed oils. And I didn't know any of that crap, man. I was selling the dream. And when I sold the dream, I sold everything. And when I sold the machine, I sold like nothing. <laughs> So right. that was a great lesson for me in sales. I went back to Sam's Club, still hated it. And that Sam's Club took you back? They took me back. And and of course, now I'm like the worst manager on the totem pole because <laughs> I quit and came back. So now I'm like eating crow and have the worst shifts on the planet. And oh no. But 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 there is good news because my dream job, like recreation, working outdoors, outdoor gear, I found REI. You know REI? REI, yes. Why have I heard of REI? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Camping store. So there was one in Arizona where I was living and I went and applied and there was a corporate job position up at their headquarters in Kent, Washington. And it was like a long shot. Barely met the minimum requirements. And I put my application and I went through all the interviews. There were 400 people who applied for the job and that's who they picked. Are you serious? So I had a job at REI and I up there and I'm living in Kent, Washington, honestly living the dream, like getting discounts on gear. I worked in retail operations. I was in charge of opening up new stores. Company was paying for me to travel and do all these fun adventures. I was skiing and learning snowboarding on the weekends. Like it was awesome. <laughs> and then, and then uh, a co-worker of mine sucked me into a meeting in network marketing and my whole life went to hell in a half basket. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> I could have been the CEO of REI if I never left. I know it. Oh, no. But that so entrepreneur bit me really hard. And, and then, of course, the rest took me down this rabbit hole of, of crazy mill. So. Okay, so there were times, Ken, where I thought, you know, I wonder what my life would have been like had I never gone to that damn network marketing meeting. You know what I mean? Like, I curved rich dad, poor dad, because he warped my mind forever. Oh, my uh, God. But anyway. There, so wait, well, okay, so I wish I stayed in the corporate route and had real, like, Monday through Fridays and nights off and weekends off. Like, what an amazing idea. But the truth is, knowing what I know, I'd never go back, and I'm – I'm glad I jumped down the rabbit hole of entrepreneurism, even though it's been a hell of a ride. Oh my God. You got me. I, I literally, I haven't laughed this hard and like, holy crap. Okay. So wait, I want to know what network marketing company. Yeah. All right. So I've been, okay. I got some funny stories. Like, is this good? Like let's, yes. let's breakthroughs, man. All right. I got, here's some funny ones real quick, just for fun. Like when I was in college, right. I got, I was looking for a job. I worked at the BYU Creamery Scoop and Ice Cream and Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Like, oh you know, four twenty-five an hour. I'll never forget. Two o'clock uh, in the morning, scraping off the floor, going like, "Oh my gosh, please get me out of here!" 
Um, and anyway, so I saw a job that was paying like $9.50 an hour, which was like double what I was making. And so I went and applied and it was Cutco Knives. And then I watched them take those scissors and cut a penny. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be rich. So mm. I took all the money I had and probably all the credit cards and bought their starter set of Cutco Knives. And I didn't even have a car. I was a freshman living in the dorms, eating at the cafeteria. <laughs> like nobody oh, wanted to buy a knife at all. So I never sold one except the starter kit to my own self. And I, then I, I look, look. <laughs> yeah. I bought two sets. <laughs> I still have Cutco knives. So oh, I have awesome. history, man. So then I joined Mary Kay. And my, it's because my two sister, my sister and sister-in-law joined Mary Kay. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be rich. And so I joined Mary Kay and I bought the pink kit, started like this big purse full of makeup. And all my friends were just harassing me like Sherry Tree, the ultimate tomboy, is trying to do makeup parties like this is never going to work. And I went to my first Super Saturday in network marketing. And oh, my gosh, Ken, you're never going to believe. This. So there's these all these doll ladies like Toe Barbieville. And the head lady, like the head pink lady comes up to me on Saturday. I'm there in my t-shirt shorts. I probably look like a whitewater rafting guide. <laughs> and she's complimenting all these beautiful women on how beautiful they are and their makeup and their hair. And she sees me and no joke. She looks at me and from head to toe and goes, you have a nice smile. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that was the last day I ever did Mary Kay. Like, I hope I speak at their convention one day because oh. I really want to story from stage. Wow. So you never got the pink you know you never got the pink Cadillac. No, I, I got I, I I I threw my pink kit in the trash. Like that's it didn't oh, go anywhere. Wow. No. So don't you love haters though? Like haters yeah. are fuel for me. They're they're fuel for me. So 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 okay you left Mary now wait were you still with REI? No, that was was at BYU. Like those were just my first little trial runs. Oh 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 oh. So, okay. so when I was at REI, I got oh. invited to a meeting for Primerica, right? The financial uh, the financial yep. company it was the MLM division of Citigroup at the time. <laughs> yeah. And you know I always. I always really loved money. It's just ever since I was a kid, I just loved money and I collected money and I would, I, I walked home from school just to save my bus money. Like I just really liked money. Yeah. I figured out how to sell things early, like Girl Scout cookies and lemonade stand and all that stuff. And by the way, that's in my book. Like if you guys don't have my book, oh, get the book and I'll tell you more about that. But I'm going anyway, to put that yeah. there's right. the website. Why they buy I sold 11,000 copies of my book just last month. Like it's awesome. What? Yeah. It's a game changer. Wow. So anywho, um, <laughs> what was the question? I got myself derailed. We were talking about, I thought you said you. Oh, took yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Why so you're at REI. You get invited to primary. Yeah. So when I was in sixth grade, I had to do the report on what I want to be when I grow up. And everybody wanted to be a policeman or a fireman or an astronaut. And I'm like, no, what, what's the job that will make me rich? And I remember finding a job called stockbroker that paid two hundred to $300,000 a year when I was in sixth grade. We're talking like 1980s. Wow. And I'm like, I want to be a stockbroker. So I always knew I wanted to gear my career towards money, towards investments, yeah. towards whatever it takes to create wealth. I just have had it in me my whole life. And um, uh, so when Primerica was financial services and dealing with the stock market and getting my securities licensed and talking all about money, I thought this is my shot. 
and, and to do it in the network marketing model where I can totally be rich uh, wow. through leverage. And I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I was like, gung ho. So I jumped <laughs> in with both feet and, and, and then uh, another rabbit hole begins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, so well, <clears throat> it sounds like at some point right around there, there was nowhere to go but up. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Actually, there was a lot of place to go down. My first year in network marketing, I crushed it. I made 700 bucks. <laughs> so that was my first year in network marketing. And I'm talking about the first year I got paid because all the Mary Kays and Cutco's and all that stuff, I never, I never got paid anything. That was the first year I got a 1099 and I had to earn over 600 bucks. So I remember at Primerica, I was like, yes, I got my first 1099 for 700. Oh, and, uh, you know, the whole year. The whole year. Like, that's oh, what I earned all year for busting my butt. Yeah. Wow. Now, wait. Did, had you left REI, though? No. Hell no. I like. I oh. couldn't leave a paycheck because, of course, who can live on 700 bucks? No. Nobody. So yeah. I had my job, and then I'd go do network marketing on nights and weekends like everyone else who joins this amazing industry. Yeah. And uh, I started, you know, putting my foot in that camp, and I remember going to the – the convention, it was at the Atlanta Dome, 65,000 people. I was up in the nosebleed section and I was watching people across stage. Like I was an absolute no one watching people across stage, uh, walk across stage who made a hundred thousand and 200,000. And they yeah. went all the way up to a million and then 2 million and 3 million and 4 million a year. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> 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 Remember, because I've always been looking for that opportunity, right? If it's oh rich, in. Oh my god! Rich slow. So, uh, you know, I thought I thought I could do it because I'd listened to all these people's stories, and they seemed like average people. Like the people making a million or two million a year, they were like average people. And the only difference right. was that they had done it, and I had not done it. So, I got myself really committed and. I came back and was on fire and I started going every super Saturday, you know, and every, every presentation I could go to. I mean, I was in and there's pictures. I could show you pictures. You won't even believe. Oh my God. I'm wearing my green corduroy pants and my penny loafers, but I took the penny out and I put a dime in because I knew I was going to be rich one day. You know? Oh my God. That is so funny. Holy crap. Yeah. So, so, so uh, did, did, I mean, are you still, are you still with them? <laughs> no. So I ended up, I was studying all the programs, like, right. I'm, I'm reading the books and listening yeah. to cassettes back when it was cassette tapes, you know, and yeah. indoctrinating myself, paying coaches thousands of dollars, money I didn't have. Right. Trying to figure out how to crack the code. And over a five year period, I got my income from $700 to 72,000. And the company gave me an amazing title. I made it to regional vice president, which was like a really big deal. By this time I was full time, no longer working at REI. And, wow. um, you know, I, wait, I went out. Wait, 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 wait. We can't just glide over that. You left REI. You're like that was your dream job. You went to literally went to college for this. You left like literally. I've never I left because, literally. because in network marketing, I could I could be rich versus happy at a job. Like, <laughs> at a very who awesome the outdoors? Job. Who needs that anyway? I, I need the money. So 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 you went. So here you are. You go to 
you're full time now with, with I'm full time, man. Full time wearing my corduroys, my penny loafers. I had a BMW with a salvage title, you know. Wow. Is the only one I could afford. I'm living in an apartment. And this, so this is where like speaking of breakthroughs, like this is the, the beginning of some breakthroughs. And then I got some whopper stories for you if you want me to share and go. I deep. want you, you're I love this. So Look, here's, right, so, here's what, is it Gazala? I don't know if I'm saying her name. Yeah, right. Gazala Yabin. Hi, Gazala. She lives in Europe. Amazing woman. The most relaxed and funniest side to Sherry I've seen for ages. So Yeah, because this is the dark side of me. This is like <laughs> what went wrong with my life side. <laughs> well, that's what, hey, you know what, though? That's what this is about because nothing yeah. ever goes 100% right for anybody, right? Yeah. So, so, okay. So, 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 uh, all right. So here I am like, you know, trying to crank it in, in prime America. Long story short, like I was broke. I was $30,000 in credit card debt. I'm renting an apartment. The mortgage company says you don't qualify for a home loan. I'm driving a BMW with a salvage title. The only one I could afford to restored. And I'm like, and I heard this quote from Rocky Asaki and he says, stop taking advice from people more messed up than you. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, he's talking about me. Like I'm supposed to be selling a dream and I'm living a nightmare. And it felt totally out of integrity. And I thought, Oh my gosh, you know, what do I do? And, and kind of, um, this was, this was one of my breakthroughs, uh, where I took a few steps back and I, you know, you know, can something's broken and I don't know whether it's me that's broken. Like maybe I'm just not cut out for it. Or maybe it's the system that was broken. And as I did a little investigation, I realized it actually wasn't me. It was, in fact, the system. Mm. And what I realized in the system was that they kept saying that sales was a numbers game and that in order to get more yeses, you have to get more no's. And I said, you know, that's actually one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. <laughs> because the truth is, in order to get more yeses, you actually have to get more yeses, not more no's. Like, I don't know one person who wakes up pumped up every day to go get a no. Like, oh, <laughs> so I hate the word no. But yet you know, there's millions of people in network marketing that are like, go for no, go for no. Oh, and it's my like, God. what's wrong with you guys? Like, where's someone's brain right now? So, and that's, I'm not trying to be insulting. This is just my path of yeah. my, my realization. Yeah, so right, right. What I ended up realizing was that there was a missing link. And the missing link was instead of going for what if I could go for yes. Mm. And what if in going for yes, I could figure out like down to a science how to get a yes instead of a no. So for 20 years of my life, um, I basically figured out how to crack the code. I developed a system called bank, right? You guys can see bank all over the place. Like you guys know me as the banker rule. Yep. And um, what happened was I, I built the system as a test for me to see if I could stop starving to death. Long story short is I started using it, started practicing with my clients. Like these are some of the cards I created, except back in the day, they were like three by five cards made out of paper. What are those? What do those say on them? These are the bank cards. So, so this is the acronym of bank, right? Where the B stands for blueprint, the A stands for action, the N stands for nurturing, and the K stands for knowledge. And that spells out bank. Okay? I love it. And, and I had taken personality assessments like at my corporate job at REI and I took these other assessments or learned about different personality types and network marketing, like what color are you or what animal are you or what astrology sign are you or what, whatever. And, um, and they were always really interesting. 
right? Like in the beginning, I was fascinated learning more about myself. I'm like, I'd get a 40 page report and I'd be like, I knew I was cool. Like, this did, you say, did you say <laughs> what uh, astrology sign? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there's literally hundreds of these things out there. Um, but oh my, my fascination turned into frustration when I realized not one of these assessments ever made me more money. Like not one of them ever helped me close more sales. Not one of them ever helped me recruit more people. And I remember thinking, what's the point of taking all these dumb assessments if they don't impact my bottom line, right? I so the idea, that. the origin of all of this, of who I am today, uh, was what if, if, if personality types have been around for thousands of years, like it dates back to Hippocrates, the father of medicine, right. who basically figured out that the whole human race could be divided into four groups. And each group was so different one from another, he could treat them with medicine differently. Then my thought was, I wonder if these four types make buying decisions differently. And I wonder if what makes one person say yes makes another person say no. And I thought, you know, mm. I'm going to test out this theory. So there was no personality type assessment that was about the other person, right? They were always yeah. about who you are. And like no one had ever asked me on any appointment, excuse me, Sherry, before you give me your pitch, like, can you tell me your uh, personality type, please? Like, nobody ever did that. <laughs> I thought maybe I should ask them, and if I could figure out what their type was, right, uh, could I predict their buying behavior? And could I figure out what triggers the yes or the no? And I really had nothing to lose, so I thought, let's just try the experiment. Let's see what happens, right? Wow. And people always want to be like, hey, is this just like the color code or is this just like the animals or is this just like disc or MPI or whatever? And yeah. my response is, it's exactly the same, only completely different. Wow. And the reason is every other assessment that was built in the world was based in psychology, whereas Bank was the first one in the world built in biology, spelled B-U-Y-ology, right? The science of buying behavior. Right. Oh. I didn't care why they did anything else. I wasn't trying to date them. I just wanted to know what triggered the yes or the no. Like that's, that's right. <clears throat> wow. So I essentially reverse engineered it. And here's the line. Cause then we'll get to like the, the, the better juicy drama stuff. And I got more funny stories that'll probably make your, your belly laugh. So testing it just as a test, my income in one year went from 72,000 over half a million. And within Whoa. three years, over a million. And so for five years, I couldn't break a hundred grand and suddenly using bank, I was now cash flowing over a million and no one, no one could believe it. Like I was getting featured in covers of magazines and private jets and people asking me to fly all over and can I teach them the bank system? And, you know, one thing led to another, like, boom, you know, uh, so, and, and here's a cool story. Like wow. the year well, I went for making a million, I thought, you know, the secret that I figured out was that bank was my secret weapon. And I decided, excuse me, I was going to teach this to my downline. Uh, and I thought, all right, you guys stop asking me uh, how to do it. Just come through the training. And I got to where I made bank mandatory. If you're on my downline, if you want my time, like, please don't have me do another three-way call or meet another one of your guests. If you can't tell me their bank code, because if you don't know their bank code, you're just stabbing in the dark playing the numbers game. And that's the only time you have to go for no, because you don't even know how to get the yes. But I don't have to get a yes, and I'm never going to go for no again. Well, so, hold, hold, hold on. I have a question. I got it. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. 
I, I hate it when people say, I'm sorry for interrupting you. No, you're not. You interrupt me on purpose. So, so look, you developed this whole thing. Like you just went, wait, this stuff I've been doing just isn't working. And so you literally developed this entire system. Yeah. And here's the funny thing. Like, remember I was a whitewater rafting guide and I love this quote from Einstein. He's like, any fool can complicate things. And I'm sure we've met a few of them, right? But it takes a genius to simplify it. So I'm not the smartest person. Remember I got an F in accounting. Like I'm not an idiot either. Okay. I did graduate with good grades and blah, blah, blah. But, but, um, Guy, it doesn't have to be that hard. Like, like you always hear people say work smarter, not harder, but no right. one ever tells you how. Right. So, so I went and figured out how. Like, oh my God. Guy, we built a multi million dollar empire because we figured out how. We cracked the code and we know exactly the science of how to get a yes without any manipulation, like full authenticity. Wow. Using the bank system. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Like, Sometimes it's hard not to talk about it, but when, when it's so genius that you watch it changing lives all over the place, you become sort of highly addicted to the message, right? And I'm really touched by the, the lives that have changed as, as a result of me teaching it to other people. Because at one point it was like, well, is this a system that only works for you or is it something that works for other people, right? And that's what I wanted to test. So here's a story. Like wow. January, 2006, I said, I'm going to earn a million dollars this year. Let's, let's go for it. I've done it before. And to earn a million dollars in a year, you guys know you have to earn $83,333 a month average, 12 months in a row to make a million. Okay. Yeah. Now the end of January, my income was 8,000 and I'm like, uh, I'm really short. Like I'm only at 10% of what I should be. And I'm, that's my first month out of the gate. Like the rest of the year looks like it's going to suck if I don't change something. And so that's when I said, I am going to put together a training and I called in all my troops, 200 people showed up. I said, I'm going to teach you the system. I want to teach you how to go for it, um, wow. how to bank, how to sell, how to recruit and how to do it without me. Like stop calling me for all your three-way call. Stop <laughs> telling me to meet your people. Like I'm not running right. into daycare here if you're going to really go build your business you've got to recruit and sell on your own people because in yeah. that that's what they teach in network marketing like get the get, get go to your upline get yes, but it's the worst it's the worst instruction on the planet because it literally sucks the life force out of the upline who ends up managing this adult daycare of a whole bunch of people who have no freaking idea how yeah. to build a business how to recruit how to sell Right. right. And it puts all that stress and pressure on the top leaders. And it, it, for, a, for a little while, the money feels worth it until you end up. And here's a story. Like I was here in Hawaii and this, this is okay. So I'll, I'll fast forward, then I'll rewind. But I was, I was in a photo shoot for success magazine and they come out to my home in Hawaii. I'm living the dream. And they're like, all right, let's take some lifestyle shots. So I take out my golf clubs and they still had the price tag on it. But I lived across from like the most beautiful golf course in Hawaii, never yeah. played it once. And then they're like, let's get you on your surfboard. And my whole downline team for my birthday bought me a surfboard and prepaid for surf lessons. They were taped with a birthday card on the birth on the board. It was still in my garage taped. I never even went out once. Wow. And then they're like, let's get you on your motorcycle, riding your motorcycle, because I'm a motorcycle girl. And I got on my motorcycle and I put my key in the ignition and I turned it and all it did was click yeah. dead battery. Oh no. I'm not riding it. And I said, you know what? 
Now, at this point, I was making millions, but I had no life. And this is what leads up to the next major bomb of the story. Wow. So, so I realized real wealth is, is a combination of, of two things, really. It's money and time. Yep. There's people who have time and, and have no money. That sucks. Yeah. And there's people who have money and have no time, and that sucks. But the people who have time and money, that's a pretty amazing combination. So yeah, I believe in that, right? I agree. Um, and anywho, like just to finish that story so I don't leave everyone hanging on a cliff, although you really should read the book. When I trained my downline, I remember at the end of January, I made 8000 and. I had a lot of catching up to do. Like I had to make up the entire 70 something thousand dollars of shortfall from January plus another 83,000 for the month of February. And I thought, you know what, what the hell, let me just go for the full quarter, 250,000 and I'm going to go for it next month. Wow. And everyone said, you're out of your freaking brains. Like don't announce it. You're going to look <laughs> like a fool. And I said, well, then I'm going to announce it. Let's go for it. There's no going back. So what I did was I got 200 people together for two days and I locked them in a room and I trained them on the bank system. Wow. And then I released the hounds and I said, let's go for it. And in February, no kidding, Ken, it's in my story, is my income went from $8,000 in one month and I ended the month of February. And this is tell I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not the smartest fool <laughs> in the shed because I picked the shortest month of the freaking year and it wasn't even leap year to do it, right? <laughs> I had 28 days to pull in a quarter of a million dollars, not in sales volume, in commission to my bank account. Wow. And at the end of that month, I didn't hit 250. I actually ended the month at $261,000 in commissions. Blew oh. every company record they ever had out of the water. And, oh my. and that put me into such momentum and everyone wanted to know, how are you doing it? Like, what's your secret? And I said, my secret bitches is bank. <laughs> okay. That's my secret. Oh, do that again. My secret. <laughs> my secret bitches. It's bank. Okay. I love it. That's so awesome. Wow. And by, by the, because February now it was massive momentum. March, I had another huge quarter million dollar month. By the end of Q1, I was over $500,000 in commissions to my bank account wow. already at the end of Q1 where my January was at 8,000. And you're like, oh, what, what <clears throat> Like they still can't believe it. They bought me a Rolex watch. Like they, they just couldn't even believe it at all. Oh so this God. is why I'm a raving fan believer. And, and, you know, and, and this is with Primerica. So, so I, I did two of them parallel, Primerica and another company that was real estate investing because I was rich dad, poor dad fan, right? So stock market and real estate, there was a real estate education company that I was working in at the time. So I did both parallel until actually I ended up resigning from Primerica because it was a conflict with my licenses and just did the real estate uh, education company. It's a direct sales version, whatever, but still commission only. That's crazy. That's insane. That is insane. So um, I'm going to just go out on a limb here and guess that you finished off that year pretty strong. Yeah, I, I broke a million. I Granted, I took my foot off the gas because that was a crazy couple months. Uh, but I broke a million, I think, by October-ish. And, uh, and then the rest of the year just kept gliding way over a million. And I got my income up to almost two million. 
and this is kind of where like I, I get derailed and I'll, I'll tell you, cause this is about breakthroughs and you know, we got nothing to lose, but spilling the beans. And I have yeah. a chapter in my book called uh, inside the vault where I tell the, the, the secret story of what happened to Sherry tree because for a little while I was pretty invincible. And one of the interesting things was, is that everyone was experiencing so much success in bank. Like I had people who had never made a hundred thousand dollars ever in network marketing and been doing it for 10 years that got on my bank system and started to break a hundred grand, a quarter million, a half a million, and even a million dollars in income in less than 12 months using bank. Wow. Like it was a phenomenon, right? Wow. And what happened, and I only ever trained it to my downline, but it started to leak out cross lines and cross line people wanted to come and learn. And, and, and I yeah. was a leader that I said, come one, come all. Were like, you charging people for this training? What? Were you charging them? Oh, it's free. Free. You were doing the training for oh, free? free? Yeah, free. Oh like, just come learn. You know what I mean? Like when you're in network marketing, you drink all the Kool-Aid and and you, you know, you're trying to help the whole company. So so this is when the, the story turns. Because my company came to me and said, Sherry, we love your bank thing. We think it's freaking genius. We can't even believe the sales that are happening, like record sales. The owner was buying private jets and Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Bentleys like he had two of everything. Oh, my God. And then they said, but we want you like your peers are getting jealous. My cross lines, your peers are getting jealous because all their team wants to come to your trainings. <laughs> and so, so we're going to basically mandate that you're not allowed to train anyone outside your team. What? And like it just felt like a total oxymoron. Like I'm trying to help the whole company win. like a rising tide raises all ships. And I'm helping people make more money than they never made in their whole life. And now they put the handcuffs on me. And and at this point I was now in a moral dilemma. Because what? like what am I really committed to? I was the number one income earner, almost two million dollars a year in climbing. And the company thought that I was so addicted to the money and the success and the fame that came with it that I would never, ever leave. Right. And the moral dilemma that I had was, why am I really here on this planet and what am I really committed to? Am I committed to only making a dollar or am I committed to making a difference? Wow. And I see such transformation in the people. Like my heart falls in love with people who are in network marketing. My parents were military, like I said, and they joined network marketing because the military pensions were never enough to take care of six kids. Right. So they tried for many years to try to make money in network marketing and all they ever did was lose money and they'd buy the products and they do all the things and they never made money ever. Right. And it's and as a financial advisor, like when I looked at the numbers and it says at age 65, like America is totally screwed financially. 54% are dependent upon the government, church, and family. And I'm like, well, there's nothing in it for me there. 36% uh, are still working, like with Walmart and McDonald's being the highest employers of senior citizens. No, thank you. I already had that job. 5% uh, are dead. And so far, I'm like, those are the lucky ones. They cashed out early. Right? So that's 95% of our country screwed financially at retirement. <clears throat> are financially independent and as a former financial advisor that's where I was trying to get my clients to financial independence yeah. until I understood the government's definition of it which is you can live on three to four grand a month and I'm like what like <laughs> that goes back to my starting salaries early on like no thing. yeah right uh that's not living the dream and then that only leaves one percent wealthy and one percent wealthy has a net worth of five million dollars or more 
So wake up call America, like who the freak is, is grooming you and mentoring you and giving you an opportunity to make it into the wealthy 1% club. Like almost no one. And even in network marketing, 98% of them earn less than 500 bucks a year. There's 180 million of them and 98% less than 500. Yeah. Like it's a broken system, but it sells opportunity. It sells the dream. And this is where I say, I have something. I have something that can help them. Wow. And, and so the company put handcuffs on me and I said, you know what? There's so many people that need my help and this is a gift. And I always want to give credit to God, no matter what you guys believe, like this bank system was channeled and I was lucky enough to download and take action and run with it. Right. And it was total experiment. So basically I, I went to the company and I resigned and I said, effective immediately, I'm terminating my agreement with your company. I I didn't sell my book of business. I literally walked away. It was eight, 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 August 8, 2008. And, um, that was the right in the middle of an economic collapse. Yes, except, except my emotions were so high that I didn't take any of that into consideration. And this is where I start to head down the path of implosion. Oh. But again, it's sometimes it's about doing what's right, even at all costs. And for me, people, human beings, humanity was more important than my cherry tree oh. net worth. So my income went to zero overnight. Obviously they terminated my checks immediately. Then uh, within 10 days they sued me and they wanted to make, because I was the number one income earner, they wanted to make an example of me like some of the bullies in the industry do. And they wanted to basically put the fear of God in everyone to do not follow Sherry. They didn't even know where I was going or what I was going to do. They didn't bother to out. They just decided to sue me. Wow. And so I kind of pulled an Aaron Brockovich on them. Like, if you know anything about my code, don't freaking bully me because I will fight back. <laughs> and I did fight back. I escalated it all the way to federal court. I'm like, you want to oh. fight? We're going to fight in the top ring of this country. Oh, my so God. I took all of my money that I possibly had to retain attorneys. My income went to zero overnight. I'm in a lawsuit where they try to lock me up on non-compete, non-solicitation. What that meant was I was not allowed to talk to one person I knew in the company because they were subpoena in them that I was cross-recruiting them, even though I didn't even go join another thing. I was in my own company, not even network marketing related. I'm building a bank training company. And they were scared of me. (laughs) So... So I can't talk to anyone I know because that was my whole network at that point. And then um, non-compete, right? So now I have to prove that I'm not competing with them in business. I own $8 million in real estate because I was a real estate investor practicing what I preach, telling people how to invest in real estate. I had $8 million of real estate, 100% went to foreclosure, gave it back to the banks. My cash flow went to negative $60,000 a month. Because just like what's happening with the virus right now, nobody could pay the rents. And uh, guess what? I was the one holding all the mortgages going like, well, crap. And I could no longer subsidize them with my income because wow. I didn't have any. All my credit lines were terminated. My credit cards were shut off. I had to give my cars back to the bank. And I had one Range Rover left. Like I had Range Rovers, Mercedes, Jeeps, motorcycles. I gave everything back except one Range Rover. 
And there was a tow truck company that was trying to find me so they could literally come repossess it. And I remember I heard beeps in the middle of the night, like a car backing up. And I thought for sure the tow truck company was hauling away my last car. My, my heart, I was paralyzed. I was sleeping at a friend's house because I lost my home. I lost everything. And this is in, this was all in 08? 08. Yeah. 08 to 09. Like, like the, the sinking ship was 08 to 09. Holy crap. And, uh, and I can sorry. relate. I can relate. I've talked about that. Like I can relate. I, I remember literally almost getting into a fight with a tow truck driver. <laughs> like, dude, no, you're not taking it, man. It's not happening. It'll, it'll be I, I, my I, body. Handle it. I think I probably had some form of PTSD. Like my phone was blowing up so bad on creditors that were trying to bill collect against me. And yeah, I wow. had five storage units with all my crap from my houses locked in storage unit and the storage unit company called me and said, your stuff's going to go to auction if we don't receive a payment. Like I, I had nothing to pay with at this point. And so I got really resourceful and I went and found an industrial size storage unit in Southern California, right outside Newport beach and Costa Mesa, 1600 square feet. And it, it took my rents on storage from like 1500 a month down to a thousand. And it was a big enough warehouse that all my stuff could fit in it. And at the very back of the warehouse was a tiny little set of steps that went up to this little loft. Yeah. And then Ken, I got this idea. I'm like, wait a minute. This loft is big enough for me to actually move in here, set up a bed. And like, I don't have to spend money on rent or living in someone's house. I don't want to be a loser. And this is a really important lesson for those of you that are watching this. I ended up moving into the storage unit. No one knew. It was like a lockdown secret, right? Oh like Sherry Treat, a multi-million dollar earner, moved into a storage unit. It had no running water. Oh my God. I was a whitewater rafting guide, remember, from and take wilderness survival <laughs> classes. So I went to a local camp store and oh found a, a bucket called a luggable loo, a five-gallon bucket. And wow. I made that my toilet. And I went and got a gym membership so I could shower. And I lived in that storage unit for 18 months. Oh my God. 18 months. Nobody knew it. I mean, I have the craziest stories I could tell you, like maybe even a whole nother episode of crazy bill breakthroughs oh of living God. in that storage unit. Like you won't believe the stories. Sometimes and, it was, I and it was an industry. It was industrial. So it wasn't industrial. a great area. There was no light switch for the, like those big bright overhead lights was all the way at the door. And my place was all the way at the back. I literally had to have a little flashlight, like talk about creepy bill going in through the little narrow alleyway from all my stuff being packed in there and climb up these little creepy steps. There was ants crawling around all over the place. Like I lived there. Right. Wow. I, yeah. So, wow. This was, it was a crazy time, man. And I, I got a little string of Christmas lights and I hung them behind my bed in like this figure eight shape because that was like one moment of happiness that I could feel seeing those little colored lights light up. Wow. And, um, I, I mean like in, in the winter, it would get so cold. I went to Costco and got a little, little heater, you know? And I remember thinking, I hope this thing doesn't catch on fire. Cause literally I'd burned down. There's no escape room in this thing. Oh I had a God. tiny little refrigerator. At one point I had $1 in my checking account. Like you cannot even believe. Oh and so God. a few things happened. And, and if you want, I can start to, to share some of the breakthrough moments. If you oh, want. You, you look, I'll stay on here all night. I, I, 
Like I'm absolutely in love with you right now. Like I, I'm blown away. Everybody watching is blown away. So just keep going. Keep whatever you want to share. share I'm, okay, so, I don't even know what the heck to ask you at this moment. So well, now we're I'll living in a storage story. unit. All I can say, guys, is no matter where you are, like no matter what you're going through, it, it, the, you know, the plague here in the economy, the pandemic, the lockdown, the yeah. foreclosures, bankruptcies, business shutting down, divorce. Kid, I mean, life is crazy and adversity comes to every one of us, right? Like no yeah. one's better. So if you've happened in the story, um, number one, what happened to me personally, and I'm so thankful that this happened, is I lost my attachment to money. And I grew my attachment to people and to my purpose here on this earth. And I realized because for at one point, my mom had said when I was making all these millions and living a lifestyle, she said, she said, Sherry, you're spending money like a drunken sailor. And I never forgot that because, you know, money makes you more of who you are. You hear that. And at one point, like, I guess I got really insensitive, how much money I was making and I could buy anything I wanted, what it felt like. And so I lost an edge for people. And when I lost everything, including all my friends, I wasn't allowed to talk to anyone. And then my two best friends died in a plane crash on top of it, like catastrophic loss. Uh, wow. You wake up one day and you realize like, what, what are you really here for? Right? Like get rid of all the gimmicks, all the shiny objects, all the income opportunities, all the drama and trauma and like get really sober with what are you really here for? And I realized that I was here for a much higher purpose. I was here to absolutely impact humanity in the very biggest way possible. I knew that I had a message that God wanted me to share with other people that had nothing to do with religion. Like why would you choose a lesbian to go be a messenger? Right. But it had everything to do with humanity and I realized that, that that's why I was really here. And so, so this was the beginning of like the, the new evolution, like where Caterpillar turns to butterfly or where coal turns into a diamond. And what I love about that process, and for those of you guys that are watching the show, like what's awesome about that process is you can never undo it. You can never take coal into a diamond and then take diamond back into a coal. You right. can never make a butterfly back into a caterpillar. It's an irreversible process. Mm. And I had to go through it. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. Like it was wow. the toughest year. And it wasn't that far away, guys. I moved into the storage unit in 2010. I oh. moved out of the storage unit in 2012. Oh my okay. God. Like I can still see it in my rearview mirror. Every now and then I drive by it so that I don't ever forget. Wow. And the stories I could tell you of what happened inside, like I'll tell you a few funny things. Okay. And then, you know, we can do whatever we want, but yeah. I get asked by a good friend and I'll, I'll just call him out. Josh Higginbotham. He was involved in launching a new network marketing company. He'd seen me make millions and, and using my bank thing. He always thought it was cool. And he said, Sherry, will you come talk at our convention? He's like, but there's two catches. One, we can't pay you. We have no budget. And two, you can't sell anything. <laughs> so basically, oh, I'm like, sure. Like, <laughs> this is my new business. I needed a gig, you know? Right, right. And so this was my first gig. And I got up in front of 600 people at their launch event. And I taught them about the bank system. And literally, it was 600 people in a standing ovation, practically chanting bank. And I had nothing to sell. I didn't have a product. It, it was just a concept. You know, with, with some with some paper cards that I used, 
And I'll never forget because I'm like, all right, guys, good luck with your company. And I hopped off stage and I went outside the doors and this guy chases me. And he chases me and he's like, Sherry, that was the best program. That's the best talk I've ever seen in the history of network marketing. And he said, I manufacture tools for network marketing companies. I want to produce bank into an actual product. If you're willing to pay for it, I'm willing to produce it. And I'm like, I'm living in a storage unit. Didn't tell anyone. I'm like, how am I going to pay for it? So I had to figure out how am I going to pay for it? I remember I needed at least 5,000 down and he was going to help me manufacture the first CD set bank. Okay. So I'm, I'm like, I get my Yeti mic. I got it out here. Let me just show you. Like, here's a prop. This is, this is the Yeti mic. Yep. That I recorded in the storage unit. Come on. Are you kidding me? I got it out the other day. Hold it. You recorded in. Okay. So I recorded, I didn't have a studio and I couldn't afford anything. And I couldn't tell the guy, like, I'm basically homeless living in a storage unit. Like, oh my God. I lose credibility. So I recorded in the storage unit. I had a Costco table that I set up. Wow. And the problem is the storage unit had ventilation um, windows open that you couldn't shut. So that's why I was freezing during the winter because I could never even shut the windows. Just wow. freeze them off. And I'd be in the middle of a recording talking about what a blueprint was or what an action was. And all of a sudden you'd hear, roof, roof. Like, <laughs> like right there in the middle of my recording was a dog barking or a helicopter flying over or a police siren drive by. And I thought, holy hell, like, come on. Oh my. So I erased all these audio tracks and, and start all over. But I did like, what else am I going to do? So I wow. recorded the first audio sets of bank. And they published it and it turned into my first little product. Like this is the original bank kit, right? And look, like this is my picture on the back. This is how butchy and dikey I was back then. Like, <laughs> can you even believe I can't Did believe. you just say butchy and dikey? Yeah, Did you just say that? that? It oh, is. God. Like I look at that and I'm like, I can't you believe I <laughs> So, all right. So, Here's some funny show stories. Show the insides of that. Show everybody like that. That's a show that picture again. The inside, yeah, but you have CDs on the, oh, the inside. Yeah, so yeah, this nobody one, even does that anymore, do they? No, these are collectibles. Like, there's a few people who are like, I still have my set. These are probably going to be worth a lot of money one day, right? Wow. So the intro CD that explains bank, and then a CD on blueprint, action, nurturing, and knowledge, and that was it. Oh my god! I'm like, okay. I said, how do I sell it? And he said, I, I said, how much should we sell it for? And he's like, well, I recommend you price it to sell like somewhere between 13 and $17. And I'm like, what? That's a ripoff of all my IP. I said, we should at least sell it for 25. <laughs> <laughs> 20. So I, 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 I packaged this so that it was, I, I just ripped my own cover off. I packaged it so that it was 25 bucks or you could buy five sets for a hundred. Okay. Now I get, I found out about a network marketing company that was doing a conference in Las Vegas. And I said, can I speak at your convention? They're like, who are you again? They're like, no, we've never heard of you. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, crap. I said, well, can I have a booth? And I'm like, they're like, yeah, for 500 bucks, you can have a booth. I said, I'll take it. And then I was going to have a booth and they said, I said, can I, can I give two of these away? And they said, yeah, sure. Come to our awards ceremony and you can give two of them away. Right. And I said, okay, deal. So what happened is at the award ceremony, they invited, invited me up on stage. 
Yeah. And I give my story about how I went from 72,000 to a half a million to a million using the system. And I said, I've got two of them here. Who wants it? And they ripped them out of my hands as fast as, as, as they could grab them. Right. And yeah. I'm like, all right, well, they're gone. I said, my name is Sherry Tree. I'm with the bank system. We have a booth here. We'll be here all weekend. If you guys want to come talk to us, like come meet us this weekend. Right. Yeah. I didn't and I hopped off stage and kid, no kidding. As I hopped off stage and started to walk down the aisle in the middle of their award banquet, it Uh-oh. Hold on, it just froze. It froze. No. All right. Can you guys still hear me? Or are we frozen frozen? Can you guys still hear me? Drop a one, tell me or something. Say yes, you can hear me. Sherry, okay, you're back. Can you hear me? Yes, your internet bleeped or something. They're like, you're talking too much. Shut up. No, I love it. I love it. Okay, she's back. This is like Moses and parting of the Red Sea. And as I I walked out of the convention hall, so did all of their people. And literally like the band was setting up and there was like 10 people left in their whole banquet out of a thousand. They're like, they're like, what the freak just happened? Oh, and they lined up across the entire convention, wrapped around that whole thing, like throwing credit cards and throwing cash at me faster than I could even take it because of my bankruptcy. I didn't even have a merchant account. I had my little iPhone with a square app and with oh, no signal, like one bar, holding it next to the window, like trying to get people to swipe through. It was like a stock market frenzy. of, And I blew out of all my inventory at one event. And I thought, wow, good news, bad news. I'm like... The good news is people love bank. The bad news is we totally underpriced it. Yeah. Overnight, the bank system went from 25 bucks to 495 bucks. Overnight, same same exact CDs, 495 bucks for this. Love, love. And guess what? We sold over a half a million dollars of it from my storage unit in the first year. And by the second year, we were over a million dollars. And I was moving to Las Vegas to start my company. But there's one more funny story I got to tell you. Okay? Oh, my God. While I'm in the storage unit trying to find – someone calls me up and says, Sherry, there's another network marketing company that launches, and they could use your training program. Why don't you go down and meet them? So I go down and meet the president of the company. And he's like – so we're talking in the boardroom. They're in Southern California. And he's like, all right, after chitting, chitty-chatty for a little while, he's like, all right, if your bank system is so good, why don't you prove it? And take a position in the downline. And if you crush it, we'll pull your bank system in to be a company training program for everyone. And like, I, I really needed a big win, right? Like, I'm in a storage unit. Like, yeah. Yeah. please, dear God, like somebody somewhere do business with me, right? Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, I had no other choice. Let's accept. I said, what's your product line? He said, well, we sell a male erectile stimulant. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, we sell a dick pill. And I'm like, what? Okay. So I'm a lesbian. <laughs> I need a dick pill. And, and I'm supposed to go sell this. And I'm like, well, no guts, no glory. No way. And so I joined a regular position, no special treatment. They probably even put me on an inside leg. Who knows? Oh and I... I go out there and kid, no kidding. In one month, I sold $100,000 of dick pills. No, you did not. I was the first to go blue diamond in the company. And the guys are literally scratching their head or probably scratching something else. And they're like, 
how in the hell is a lesbian the top of the comp plan? Oh my God. company. And oh I, God. you know, they were traveling me around the whole country. <laughs> I, I now became the spokesperson for this company. Oh. And I remember I was in the audience and someone was like, Sherry, did you ever take a pill? And I said, I actually did take a pill once. <laughs> and the only thing that went up was my income. <laughs> oh my God. That is a true story. Oh and my gosh. The short story of that long story is that they ended up getting shut down by the FTA because the pharmaceutical companies like Viagra were so jealous of their success that they tried yeah. to frame them for blah, blah, not FDA, blah, blah. <laughs> So that <laughs> company basically dissolved overnight, and I was back to schlepping my CDs. Oh, and wow. Mostly for the story, but so, it was so a heck of a company. I'm going to assume that quickly after selling out the first time, you, 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 you found a real home. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, I didn't move out right away. Like what, what ended up happening was I started having people that were chasing me down like crazy, and they're like, this. Like they were getting so much results with bank. They were selling more than they'd ever sold. They were earning more than they'd ever earned. They were recruiting more than they'd ever recruited. And they said, you know, several people were like, how do we get certified to teach this? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? It's only me. And they're like, no, I want to teach this too. And I'm like, uh, and they're like, well, can you create a certification program? Cause I want to teach it. And I said, all right. I just made it up. I'm like, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to put together a trainer certification. It's going to be 5,000 bucks. And, um, and I'm going to open it up for 20 people. And I opened it up for 20 people. And in 48 hours, 20 people signed up and I had a hundred grand. I'm in a storage unit. Oh. I just got a hundred grand. And I'm like, well, I think we're something. Oh my so, God. So we put on our first trainer certification in July 2012 in Vegas. I moved to Vegas in April of 2012 out of the storage unit, like literally hauled up the U-Haul oh and moved to Vegas. Wow. And moved into the high rises at the Veer Towers right next to the Aria. So it felt like I literally went from outhouse to penthouse. I mean, you did. I did. <laughs> and the Veer Towers, it was so nice and they were so cheap because of the economic downturn. Like they were begging to get tenants in there. So I qualified. Wow. <laughs> and I put on my first bank trainer certification. It was a sold out event. And at the end of that event, they're like, when's the next one? And I'm like, what do you mean? I only did it one time. And they're like, no, everybody's blowing up our phones, wanting to know when they can come to the next one. And I'm like, well, hmm, Pinky, wow. are you thinking what I'm thinking? And wow. so I took the trainer certification and I said, well, I, fine, I'll do one more. I'll open it up for 50 people, except instead of five grand, it's 10 grand. And all of a sudden, boom, that sold out. And now I had 50 people at 10 grand, half a million dollars in revenue. And I'm like, this is the coolest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> so, so Larry, Larry, Larry Schneider says he was in the first training certification group. Yes, Larry Schneider. And I never forgot you, Larry. Larry actually became one of our very first bank trainers. And I don't remember, Larry, if you paid five grand or 10 grand, but right now it's between 20 and 30 grand. So whatever you paid, it was a deal. Wow. And now we've got trainers all over the world. And I, basically what happened was I got picked up on the speaker circuit and I started getting invited to speak at conferences with Tony Robbins and Robert Kiyosaki and Sir Richard Branson and Les Brown and Susie Orman and Steve Wozniak. I mean, Wow. I got invited to speak at Harvard University, like, and, and just this last year, I got invited, like, we got written up by Forbes. We turned this into an artificial intelligence. 
So oh we developed a full technology company called Codebreaker Technologies and, and developed tools, training, and technology for companies. We do this not only for individuals, but now we mega tech deals with licensing deals with companies that want to pull it into their whole infrastructure. Forbes wrote us up this last year and said, this is the future of sales, Codebreaker AI. It's the first artificial intelligence in the world that's not just powered by bank, but it's an artificial empathy, not just an artificial intelligence. And what wow. that means for the first time in history, we've been able to create empathy, artificial intelligence, where the AI can actually simulate human emotion based on the bank notes. Wow. And so we got invited to come keynote at the United Nations last summer. The what? United Nations. What? Because bank, bank, and that's the cool thing, and this is why I love doing what I do, because bank transcends sales. It doesn't just impact sales and, and help you close more sales in less time, but it actually impacts the whole human being. It impacts relationships. We had people say, I took your bank training to learn how to make more money, and it saved my marriage. Come it, on. Parents. We've had people say, and these stories are in the book. That's why I say you guys got to read the book. Because once you We've had parents say that it's prevented teenage suicide in several documented cases. We have schools using bank for pilot programs for anti-bullying. Because if you wonder why people bully, it's because they're different codes and they just don't get the other person. Right. We have uh, church groups using it in their marriage ministries. Wow. Before people even get married, they need to crack the bank code. And, and by the way, yeah, uh, let's let's invite everybody who's watching to crack their code. Remember, Ken, we yep. said we're going to give them a link. If you I guys did, I did not. And, and for the record, I, when you told me, hey, let me give you this to put up on the screen later in the show, I, I didn't know how it was going to apply. I get it now. Holy crap. So by, by knowing someone's bank code, just by knowing the code, because every human being is all four parts. They're not just one of the four. They're all four. Okay. Right? And that's what makes up their bank code. Think of it like a bank code. The key is to what sequence, because there's 24 different combinations. If people shuffle the sequence, there's 24 different versions, which means the average person has a one in 24 chance of communicating properly, whether it's a business conversation, a sales presentation, or your spouse or children, Right. Okay. So that equates to roughly a 4% odds, which is why they say sales is a numbers game and why they say that you have to go for no instead of go for yes, because you have a 96% chance of getting a no. It's just they've never been able to deconstruct the science behind it and know how to hear it. Wow. The first company in the world that can crack someone's bank code in what used to be 90 seconds with our cards or our online digital technology. Now with the AI, we can do it in nanoseconds. I can literally take any piece of copy. I can look at your LinkedIn profile, your email, your text message, your website. I can push one button on Codebreaker AI. It'll tell me exactly what your bank code is, Ken. And then it will tell me exactly how to communicate, how to negotiate, how to close the sale, or how to engage you based on this code. Are you freaking kidding me? I'm not kidding you. No. Like, this is why Forbes said you're the future of sales. Oh, my this God. This stuff is disruptive like you've never seen, and it's healing for humanity. Like our mission as a company is to connect and empower the human race. Our philosophy is that there's 7 billion people on the planet. There's 6,500 foreign languages spoken, and there's only one language that has the power to actually connect the entire human race. And we call it bank, the language of people.
Wow. So that's the mission behind the, the business piece of our company where we're profit driven, we're purpose driven. And the purpose driven piece of it is we actually believe we can change the world by creating awareness that every human being has a bank code. And if you could simply connect and communicate to them in their code, you would have so much less resistance, so much more happiness, way better marriages because opposites attract and opposites attack. Right. Oh, and wow. there's reasons why people are getting divorced left and right because they're, they're falling in love with, in my opinion, the wrong code or a very challenging code for them. Mm. And, they don't know how to communicate differently with that code. And so they literally have years of just fighting or if your children are this or people at school are this or in the workplace, they're this, let alone your customers. Like what if, wow. what if you actually just knew the code of a human being, right? And what if you knew how to communicate to that code? So everything we teach is very simple. It's three steps. Check the code, speak the code, take it to the bank. And taking it to the bank is way more than financial. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's relationship. It's it's all of those, right? And so, wow. Ken, I got something special. Like if your people, if you're, if you guys want something, here here's what we did, right? And like this is not a sales pitch or any of that. Matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. Because of this whole coronavirus thing, basically taking our world to a screeching halt and completely disrupting your lives, it's it's ours too. And what you might not know, Ken, and what you guys might not know, especially some of you who know me, uh, is my wife and I are pregnant. And today we're 23 weeks pregnant, 17 oh, wow. and I am the one carrying the baby. Oh my God. Baby right here inside uh, of me. Beautiful little baby boy. That's so awesome. And why that's important is because like we as a human race need to help each other out. Right. And like prior to this whole virus thing, my wife and I would talk about like, we live in a world that's so connected by technology, but we're, we've never been more disconnected as humanity. Oh my God. Right. Oh, absolutely. Like humans are totally disconnected and everyone's in their freaking phones and on their drones and, and literally like, yeah. You know, just trying to, to, to grind and hustle. And, you know, it's like there's a badge of honor for entrepreneurs that are supposed to go out there and grind and hustle. And I'm sitting here saying, like, no, guys, there's a way better way. Like, work smarter, not harder. And we have a way to work smarter, not harder. We have a way to impact your revenue and your relationships. Right. Yeah. And so what we did was we built a four week masterclass all about bank and around six bank intelligences. Right. So we could optimize the entire human experience. Personality intelligence, which is the origin of bank, sales intelligence, which is how to apply bank in your business so that you can actually thrive, not survive. Right. Uh, emotional intelligence. How would you actually use bank and the codes to communicate with people you really care about in the middle of this disaster? Like there's there's different codes that are responding completely differently. How do you right. have empathy like never before? Artificial intelligence, like it sounds like a really scary term, like robots are going to take over the world. But what if there was an artificial intelligence based in artificial empathy that made you a better human being as a result in real time communication? Wow. Business intelligence. How do you actually uh, get out of playing scrap ball and build a business that has real valuation based on data that will show you how to collect and what to collect? And then the last piece is spiritual intelligence. There's actually, that's the highest level of intelligence that you can ever get to 
is spiritual intelligence and how do you really tap into who you are as a human being with what your real purpose is and are you here to play a game that impacts humanity and are you here to play a game that impacts eternity wow. that's the game we're playing so we built this entire master class and we're giving it away for free like literally in five days we had thousands and thousands of people register for it because this was the best like what can we do how do we practice what we preach in today's very disturbing economic times where it feels like the world is in an apocalypse right like there's people there's pregnant women i'm in these chat groups for pregnant women there's pregnant women who are having their babies right now where their spouse cannot come to the hospital they have to watch the baby born on facetime or zoom wow I would be devastated. I'm 47. I'll be 48 when I give birth to our little man. Oh my God. And there is wow. no hell that my first experience and maybe my only lifetime experience of having a baby is going to be without my wife. No right. way. Right. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, I have a lot of compassion for what's happening out there. And bottom line is if, and I can go grab the link, I don't even have it ready, but if you want me to share it, I will share the link to register for the masterclass. Again, the whole thing is free. And so we don't have some bait and switch. Let me just put it out there. Our technology like Codebreaker AI and our online bank pass to crack codes, we made it available for everyone in masterclass for $1. It's a subscription. We made it available for $1 for 30 days, unlimited use. You can go crack as many codes as you want, collect all the leads, download it, cancel it, and get your dollar back at the end of 30 days. Cause we didn't want our people to feel like we were trying to bait and switch them into some $1 upsell program. At well, the how, end, how much is it after that? If they want to keep it a month, 59, 59. That's it. Unlimited use 59. Yeah. Oh my God. What's okay. the link? How do we get to that? Uh, let me, I don't, let me, let me go get it real quick while we're here and I'll post it in the thing. Uh, I got first. Okay. While you're doing that, let me say this. Um, Number one, congratulations to you and your wife for the baby. That's incredible. And finally, my wife will stop like, because she's like, I was almost 42 when I had my baby. <laughs> Sherry just smoked you, babe. Sorry. Oh my gosh, that's the funniest thing. So I was in this chat. Let me post. Where do I post the link? Uh, <laughs> she's going to yell. At, she's on the stream. She's going to yell at me now. I don't, my, comment. I don't even see a place where I can put a chat. So, so, um, maybe, oh, it's private, oh, in the private chat. Okay. I just put it in our private chat and then you yeah. can post it. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll so I'm it. in this chat group with these pregnant women and it was so funny, Ken and Ken's wife. So a lady, she's like, ladies, mommies who are in your thirties, wouldn't you agree? This is so much harder than having pregnancy in your twenties. <laughs> and I'm, I'm looking at all the chatter that they're like, oh, it's so much harder having a baby in your 30s when you were in your 20s. And I get on there and I said, look, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite word, even though I don't like to swear. I said, look, ladies, I'm 47. I'll be 48 when I give birth to our baby. I said, I'm feeling great. I had no morning sickness. It's a mindset. Get over it. Suck it up, buttercup. Like, <laughs> That is so, and you got banned from the group. No, they don't know my real name. Of course I have. A oh, oh, I love it. Oh my God. Sherry, so yeah. Wow. 
Ever so this Zoom, this is to uh, oh to register. They go to that link. Yeah. So the the link to register uh, is that Zoom link, and that will literally allow you to register for the masterclass. And here's the deal: like we already did session one last week. It's a four week series. Okay. I'll give you guys access to the recording, right? So as long as you register, we'll email out the list that says, hey, session two, it's this coming Thursday. We record them if you miss it. The only way to get the recording is you have to register. And hey, then Esther, Esther's on. Oh, she's, I love you too, Esther. You're so awesome. Like That's I awesome. seriously scored the world's best wife. And I'm because of bank. I spoke at a conference in Amsterdam. She was there to see Robert Kiyosaki and Les Brown. And I was the monkey in the middle. And, and no oh. joke, she's like, I get up there and I start to talk about it. She's like, who's this chick? And she's like, personality, commercialality. Like, she's like, I've done every personality test out there. Dis, Myers-Briggs, Insights, Management Drives. Like, this lady's not going to teach me anything. She's like, I should go get a drink. Right. For the next keynote speaker to come up. You know, I was like the, the middle act. And uh, 10 minutes into it, when I talked about reverse engineering it and how people buy, she was like hooked on the edge of her seat. And no kidding, like before I was even finished and made my offer because I sell from stage, she was like running over to the side, signing up. She came to a two-day course called the Good Breaker Summit. And at the end of the two days, she said, I want to be a bank trainer and I want to help you open all of Europe. And wow. I said, all right, well, put your money where your mouth is. Like back then it was 10 grand. She yeah. paid 10 grand. And then she's like, when are you leaving? I said, in four days. She's like, well, if I put together a private event in three days before you go, will you come speak at my private event? And I said, maybe. And she's like, well, how many people do I have to have to show up? And I said, 50. And if you know anything about Europe, they don't work like Americans do. They take their nights and weekends off. And it's yeah. like time like it's awesome they're actually smarter than us yeah and uh she got 54 people in the room in 48 hours i showed up and i delivered bank presentation we did forty thousand dollars in sales that night at a little b and b that she borrowed from a friend oh my god right? and 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 she crushed it i mean she did a half a million within six people she or six months she recruited 50 trainers in europe Put together the largest event that we'd done in our company's history at that point was the first to sell over a million dollars of bank product and i pulled her aside and i said listen if you're that good i want to marry you <laughs> oh my god did you really yeah we, we did a 30-day tour through europe opening up five different countries of bank wow. and by the time we were done we ended on valentine's day in switzerland and i said this, this is the one we we made our relationship official and Wow. We were engaged and that next year, 2015, we were married. So wow. that's the best decision I ever made. That is so odd. And I have heard, I mean, this is my first time meeting you, meeting you like this. And I have heard nothing but unbelievably great things about you and Esther. So thank you. I, I'm, I'm like, I, can, you can't see the comments, right? Uh, I, I actually, <laughs> Yeah, the live, if you click on live comments. Yeah. Yeah. So there have been so many comments saying this is the best interview ever. I think that this is one. I mean, I've interviewed a lot of people, and this is perhaps my favorite interview. This, Thank this, you. This has been unbelievable. Your sense of humor. <laughs> I, I've. <laughs> 
You know, I mean, because seriously, if, if it's not funny, it's like work and I don't like to work. I'm a whitewater rafting guide at heart. Like I just want to be out in nature. My wife and I took a hike up in the mountains and I said, this reminds me exactly of whitewater rafting. We used to go on the trails. We'd set up camp. We'd, we'd campfire. We'd cook meals right mm -hmm. next to the river. Like, guys, I, I love my life. I love my wife. I love people. I love nature. I love all of those things. And I love... I love entrepreneurs. I love like the definition of an entrepreneur. And the reason I'm doing this is because entrepreneur in the dictionary means someone who's willing to, to assume risk in exchange for gain. Like those of you that are out there risking everything. And I mean, you risk everything, not just literally betting the family farm and going into debt and, you know, doing a Hail Mary, but you, you, you risk your relationship, you risk your marriage, you risk the, the relationship you have with your children because you've got to hustle and grind so much harder than, than the norm to, to get above average to even have a shot at the 1% club. Yeah. And my heart goes out to you. And that's why I decided I'm dedicating the rest of my life to teaching this methodology. Like if I can in any way make someone's life better in their relationships or in their revenue, then it was worth the price of my life to do it. Wow. And that's what we're doing. So I have, let me, and, and we do, we probably should finish pretty soon, but yeah. let me, let me ask, I don't know how long somebody's going to listen to this once, I, once I put it on a podcast, but this has been absolutely amazing. I could talk to you all night. So, so let me ask you this though. So, You've referenced network marketing a lot, and that's kind of where you started developing yeah. this. What about the rest of us that aren't in, in network yeah. marketing? Yeah, actually, so when I launched my bank company, I, I was training some network marketing, but there was so much politics and weird vibe stuff, like jealousies and all kinds of stuff. You know, I say I love network marketing and I hate it all at the same time because yeah. I love the people and I hate the politics, I guess yeah. I'll so what I decided to do was I actually left network marketing, the whole industry, including even training in the industry. And I, as I got picked up on these big stages, I started training at conferences for entrepreneurs, traditional business owners, sales professionals, you know, doctors, attorneys, chiropractors, realtors, financial advisors, home-based business owners. And, and network marketers were like mixed into that batch because they come see Tony Robbins speak to, to get all motivated. Yeah. And, those people started becoming our clients. So we actually started to spread this across the entire uh, spectrum of industries. I mean, we trained this in automotive. We've trained this to pharmaceutical sales teams, real estate teams. I mean, you wow. name it. Google brought us in to train their, their sales forces, um, wow. services. I mean, so, and this, we haven't even scratched the scratch. Like we're still a small company, but we have clients in 180 countries already. That is there's unbelievably cool. Like there's only a few more for us to collect all of them. Right? That is so awesome. But now we're looking, we're looking for, we're looking for a few types of things. And if you guys that are watching, like if you resonate with this, like one, read the book and, and hop into the pot, like get involved in masterclass. You can see how we can hopefully help you and your business and your family. Yeah. But on top of that, our company is looking for people who want to be certified trainers, people who want to teach this type of thing. Like if, if, you, if you're the type that wants to make five, 10, 15 or 20 grand in a day, this is an exhilarating business and you're watching people's lives transformed right in front of your eyes. Within 24 hours, you take them from here to here. That's highly addictive, very rewarding, and financially, like our trainers can just rake it in. You know, it's kind of a fun play on the word bank. 
And we're going to do a special webinar for anyone interested in becoming a bank trainer. You got to register for masterclass and we'll tell you more about it. Which is, which is again, where, oh, I, I pinned it. I pinned I, the Zoom link, right? Yeah, the Zoom link. You got to register through the Zoom link. I'm, I'm okay. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I and, then, uh, and then the other type of relationship that we're looking for is a strategic alliance, like companies that want to bolt on the bank products into training their internal sales forces. Um, and one of our hotspots recently are interestingly network marketing companies that actually want to make bank, not just an internal trading program, but they're turning it into an actual commissionable product in their product line. So we just rolled out a company in Europe. Esther flew over there because I'm pregnant. I didn't go. She went to Dubai, spoke on their stage. They're two years old as a company. They have 450,000 members. Oh, my God. And they just announced bank as their new product launch in the entire company. So now they can sell bank literally all over the world. They're not U.S. based. But in almost every other country, they're selling bank and they're selling our subscriptions and they get paid commissions. And of course, that was a mega multi-million dollar licensing deal for us, wow. which is awesome. And we've got another half dozen MLM companies that are lined up in the queue for, hey, can we make bank one of our products too? That's um, incredible. It's huge, right? Because I mean... You think of a network marketer, like maybe people want to get their diet products and lose weight products and all the other, like there's awesome products. I take network marketing products every day. Yeah. Um, but imagine selling a subscription of something that changes someone's revenue and relationships. Like it's really an amazing impact product and it's digital. So there's no, there's relatively no cost to it besides basic tech costs. Right. There's no product manufacturing cost. There's no distribution cost. It's literally subscription technology wow. and it's genius. Right. And it is an artificial intelligence, you know, so blah, blah, blah. now in the in the, not blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, this is the most brilliant interview. So so like you keep holding up those cards. Where do we get those cards? Oh, okay. So yeah, these, these cards, like I carry them around. Like, let me show you my wallet. I found this such a cool wallet over in Europe. Uh, it has this little like thing for credit cards. And so you pull this thing and out pops like oh. my Visa cards and then my four bank cards. I literally carry them everywhere. Like wow. you reach. So the only place you can even get the cards is on whythebuy.com. You can add it to your order when you buy the book. It's not even on our main company website. Like you got to really? buy the book, get the cards, and that's where you get them. And and you ship those out or do they? It's yeah, not our, the warehouse that ships our books just adds this to your order and you can get as many sets of them as you want, which wow. is which is totally cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Wow. Unbelievable. Last question, then I'm a, a, we, we can bounce. One more question. Yeah. And this, I, I can't wait to hear your answer because everybody says fear. I'm going to give you the com most common answer. Okay. First, what holds most people back in life? <laughs> okay. I love, let, let me just roll with this real quick. Fear is an acronym. And one of my good friends gave me two versions of it. There's one version that says, forget everything and run. Yeah. And the other version of it is face everything and rise. Yes. And I think, you know, I think it's a combination of low self-esteem. People just don't believe in themselves. Yep. Right. Low emotional intelligence and um, lack of action. 
like at the end of the day, and I love this quote, the universe only rewards one thing and one thing only. It's those who take action. The great news is literally every bank code, no matter what the sequence is, has action in it. And it's, I, I say action could be all the way down in your tippy tippy toe, but you've got to step into that if you're going to make anything happen. Otherwise the odds are so heavily stacked against you. You should have just kept your job. Wow. But even, even keeping your job, like look at everybody getting furloughed right now. Like if you really want to be in control of your destiny, then you have to take control. You have to go build a business for yourself. You need to go through all the things that entrepreneurs go through. We have massive setbacks, Ken. That's why I agree to be on your show. Like you have to break through. Sometimes you have to break down in order to break through. Yeah. Right. We all have to bust through walls. And, and then you find out what you're really made of. Like yeah. you, you might not be cut out for it. And then there's other people who would like rise up above it and become the superheroes of our galaxy. And they're the ones that like nothing held them back. And there was a mantra I had the entire time in the storage unit, no matter what, whatever it takes, no matter what, whatever it takes. If I have to sell a dick pill, <laughs> no matter what, whatever it takes, like as long as it's legal and ethical, if that's the way, if that's the path to financial freedom, I'm in. Right. Uh, 230-ish interviews I've done on this show, and you are the very first person to say dick pill on my show. I know. And awesome. you know I don't even use the word dick, <laughs> although I meet some people in that. But, but it, it's just, it's, it's, it's so classic. Like, what am I going to call it? A male erectile statement? Like, that You're killing me. <laughs> oh, my God. That is so incredible. Wow. I am blown away. You are absolutely amazing. I freaking love you. I I don't even know Esther that well. I, we had the one talk sure one night. I've oh heard you. We were walking our dog last night, Ken. And, you know, we're in social isolation or distancing or whatever. And a lady drives by and she needed directions. And so Esther went towards the window and the lady says, is, is that your mom you're with? Freaking talking to me. Like, oh, oh. mom. <laughs> Like, oh my god. Usually people say, Are you guys sisters? Because we both have short hair, and I'm like, We're sisters from another mister, you know. <laughs> but no one ever called me her mom before. <laughs> She's a you should have her on the show. We I would love, love, her love to have her on. Is amazing. She was just on another podcast, and honestly, I just sat there, I cried in the middle of it. I could Aww. not even believe the breakthroughs that she's been through in life to become the woman that she is. And you know, it's a path that we both had to walk until we intersected and said, Guy, I want to spend wow. the rest of my life with you. But she has an incredible story. You just gave me chills. As soon as you did that, I got chills. That was crazy. Wow. That's so well, awesome. Listening, guys, you just keep going forward. Like there's no no reason to go backwards. There's been many times where I feel like I'm all the way up to my neck in a mud swamp or in quicksand. But, but the alternative is like, I'm never going to go backward. I'm only going to go forward. Wow. And that's, that's like, that's what's going to take you to the next level. You've got to toughen up and you've got to align with the types of people, the mentors and the masters that will help you go to the next level. And remember what Robert Kiyosaki said, stop taking advice from people more messed up than you. Amen. Stop listening to the masses and start listening to the masters and make sure the master you're listening to is living a life and teaching and, and practicing what they preach and is willing to mentor you. Cause I meet, I meet masters who are not the real deal. 
I meet masters who have two two lives, one on stage and one off stage. Yeah. And this is where you really have to check in with your gut, your intuition, your instinct, and make sure that everything they're saying and doing and the way that they're living their life is in integrity. And that's how you know. And for us, the biggest difference that if I could give one tip, the number one thing that's the difference between some of those people out there that I basically say is, is almost a con artist where they're prophets before people. Yeah. And, and, and someone who's really like moving people to their best future of people before profits. The number one thing is emotional intelligence, yeah. right? Because yeah. some of those masters have these skills and they can literally say the right thing to anyone. But if they don't have emotional intelligence, they will take your money and hurt you. Yep. And there's other people who would never do that. And that, that our whole philosophy as a company is people before profits. That's why we're giving away the whole masterclass. Like these are sacred crown jewels for our company and we're giving them away. So, you know, you just gotta, you gotta use your senses and Ken, you know, you've met some before. I right? have. We both have. Yeah. And you learn and you get burnt and yep. then you're like, I, I don't ever want to do business with people like that again. Right. Right. And yeah. I've, I've been stung a few times too. I've been conned too. Right. I lost over a million dollars on one con man, like son of a bitch. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, I know. Trust me. I know. Yeah. And that's, but, that's putting it lightly yeah. compared to what I said about it. So yeah, you are, I, 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 I just want to give you a big hug. I know we're supposed we're to sure. social distance. You know, I had um, Glenn Morshower. We were talking about him, and and he came up with a new term for it. He says, "Let's stop calling it social distancing. If if anything, we need to be closer socially. So we'll call it social connecting, physical distancing." Yeah, which great. I love that. Right. So you're That's amazing. Better. We're gonna do. We're doing the masterclass. My wife is on here saying it. We're going to do it. I'm buying a bunch of your books. I'm going to, I might buy a bunch of your books and just give them out as, as giveaways. So look, you, let me do something cool. Can you see in my background? Like, yeah, here, let me widen. Hold on. There you go. Like oh. I created all the books and all the four colors. They're the same exact content on the inside, but literally I'm kind of neurotic about branding. Like you can oh. buy a book based on blueprint action, nurturing or knowledge and different things are highlighted in the book in different colors. Like we went full out on this printing. Uh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's an awesome book. I can't wait to read it. Wow. Thank you. You're amazing. And well, thank you for all your compliments. Like you've been piping up in here. Uh, best interview ever. I just, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to Joe Ingram for connecting us. Yes. Uh, get on your show. Thank you, Joe. You're awesome. Uh, nice seeing some of my friends out there like Eric and Bob and you guys like, you know, yeah. we're, we're all in this together. And if we can, if we can help more people win together, then we all collectively win. So connect and empower the human race. That's our mission. Wow. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. I'm very rarely left speechless. I really don't know what else to say except for you freaking rock. And I, I'm, I feel blessed to have spent this last hour and 35 minutes with you. You're amazing. Thank you. I can't wait to have your wife on my show. Yeah. So, uh, she, I'm, 
And tell her I'll 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 stalk her on email until she says yes. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's now the CEO of the company. I actually passed the torch. I'm no longer the CEO. I moved to the position of chairman. Wow. And uh, she's the CEO running the company. At 33 years old, she was the CEO of a company with 800 employees doing a half a billion in revenue. 33 years old. Wow. She's amazing, and she's wow. now running our company. So. I've heard, I've heard she is a rock star as well. You're, you're, you got, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm blessed. We're going to do some stuff. You're speechless. Let's end this thing, man. We're going to do some stuff together. Yeah, I'm we are. You. Let's we do are. it. Like there's a I'm, lot of people who need us. I'm excited. All right. Thank, thank you, you everybody who shared, watched, commented, loved, liked, laughed, everything. Thank you guys. Have an awesome night and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thank you Take so much again, Jerry. Later.